Here's the snap back. Here's the kick. He's got the leg into it. If it is good, and it is! Austin Stars! A 49-yard field goal! And Indiana leads 27 to 24! Austin Indorak wants to throw it. Rolling out of the pocket to a strong hand. Delivers deep down the field. As you can tell by my voice, I don't really want to be doing this, but it's been confirmed that a few people actually listen to us, so we have to. Welcome to the OEO podcast. I'm your struggling host, Michael Bragg. You can find me on Twitter. That's at Bragley, B-R-A-G-G-L-E-Y. I'm here with my co-host, who hopefully has some broad shoulders and can carry the show as he always does. You can find him on Twitter. That's at Brandon Dubich. Brandon spelled traditionally Dubich, D-U-B-I-C-H. And hanging out in the background, producer Seth, who is now 0-1 at attending games for IU. You can find it. Actually, you can block him on Twitter. That's at Setah5, S-E-T-A-H-5. What's up, Brando? Uh, n- not much. Um, pretty much an awful sports weekend all around. Except um, for except for soccer, we did okay there. We so, did, we did. Uh, we'll get that on what went right. Yeah, you still owe me money, I think. I do. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's get into this. As you guys can tell, I made a terrible mistake, and so had a messed up voice yesterday. Got last minute tickets to go to the Colts game and it didn't help anything. So uh, voice has actually improved quite a bit from this morning, believe it or not. Uh, so let's get into the game. We're going to talk about the loss to Cincinnati. Final score, number eight, Cincinnati 38, IU 24. Uh, Seth, do you know what Cincinnati moved up to or did they move up? They stayed at eight, to, uh, eight. at least in the poll I looked at. Gotcha. Okay, uh, not a whole lot more to talk about there. We'll get into the, the details of the game a little bit. Um, hopefully everybody's uh, scars have not totally healed. We can reopen them again. Our wounds have not totally healed. We can reopen them again before they scab up. Um, let's talk a little bit. I actually watched the press conference. I was interested to see what he had to say and like what his attitude would be like. Um, don't have a whole lot of notes, as most people could probably guess. He was not very happy about the way the majority hates targeting. of the game went. Hates targeting. He does hate targeting. Um, a couple of good pieces from, well, one good piece, and then the other one, I guess you can take it whatever way you want. Um, Monster Matthews will be back for this week. He practiced last night with the team and is uh, full go for this Saturday. Um, another full go and maybe, a, maybe an eyebrow raiser for everybody on the pod except for me. Michael Penix is our starting quarterback 100% going into this weekend. So um, I'm fine with it. I support whatever the team's going to put out. So that's fine. Everybody else can can scream at their radios and phones or whatever else that they're doing right now. So um, <clears throat> that's all I have from the presser. Did you listen to any of it or watch any of that, see any of the notes or any of that? I, stuff? I saw it on Twitter uh, today and I thought, Everything made sense. Uh, do we want to talk about the quarterback position now, or do we want to wait to go into that? We can wait. I'm assuming he, one of us will have him on the stocks. I'm not sure. Um, 
but we can talk about it there. We can talk about it in the what went wrong, whatever. Um, let's talk about what went right. There's not, I did not rewatch the game again. Obviously, I don't want to do that. Um, do so. Yeah. Uh, so I just have one for this, and I thought the crowd was one of the things that went right. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was great. Um, why are you holding that up? What is that? Six false starts. Yes, it's, I've got that in there. Um, incredible atmosphere. It was stupid loud. Like, I wish I would have thought about I did it yesterday at the Colts game. It's like the Apple Apple came out with a new like decibel reader or whatever. And so that like the Colts game got up to 103 last yesterday. Um, I wonder what it got up to Saturday because it was it was nice. That was the best atmosphere I've ever seen in Memorial Stadium. Uh, 11 penalties for Cincinnati for 72 yards and at least, as Seth said, six. I wrote down at least six. I nailed it. Um, only thing I was right about probably in this game, but um, six false starts all, all to the crowd. I mean, they were great. Fantastic. I, we so. do need to get a better chant than just F you guy. Um, <laughs> that, that seems to be consistent. Uh, but other than that, man, I, I freaking love it. All, all the videos were awesome. All the yeah. screenshots were awesome. When I was in the game, it was awesome. Like all three of us are pretty loud dudes and I couldn't hear Seth right in front of me. Yeah. Like I had to like repeatedly like lean into his shoulder to see what he was saying. It was, it um, was a really, really well-educated crowd. It seemed like, and um, yeah, other than, well, football educated crowd, I guess the game game state educated crowd, maybe not individual players and screaming at them and doing everything else that, that part of the crowd stocked down to that. So do you have anything else on what went right there? It sounds like I took it. Yeah, you, you had my number one, but of course, I think we were gonna we're gonna have that. The other two is just a very on brand thing for me to say. Chucky again, just doesn't matter the moment. Chucky is gonna nail um, a big kick, so he he showed that he he's big enough for the moment. Then I think the Elio tailgate went really well, man. Uh, I expected maybe a little bit of rust from you and I. You know, we haven't tailgated in a while, but I think our setup looked great. I think. Uh, I think I think everything was good on the far as that end. We we had kids, we had we had fans of the podcast, we had fans walking in throughout our our tailgate area. So it, it was good. I, I want to say what went right. Um, I was expecting some hiccups uh, for our tailgate performance, but um, I'm going to give it an A minus uh, to uh, to the Leo tailgate. Yeah, I'll give that for sure. Uh, shout out to the to the guys that swung over. I really appreciate it. Seth had a great idea about two minutes after you guys left, we probably should have taken a picture with you guys, you know, put it up on the post. At least got stuff. your handles and give you a shout out or something. something. But yeah, we really yeah. appreciate it again. We'll be there. So do it now. I know you're, I know you're listening. Tell yeah. us who you were and uh, give, yeah. show you some love and come find us again. We'll be there. I'll be there at least every game. So um, yeah. swing on over and, and come say hi again, have a beer next time. I'll bring actual shots with me. We'll do that kind of stuff. So let's get into the bad part of the, the, what went wrong Seth do you have anything on what went right do you want to add anything there you're good okay what went wrong um I'll let you start since I started on what went right um well first I'll just get the joke out of the way it was he who's at the game so I'm going to give a little bit of leeway but it was Seth's worst performance you know I was reading through some of the some of the tweets a lot of misspellings yep. some jokes that just didn't make sense I still don't really get the the Johnny Depp, even though you explained the joke to me. D-E-P, um, but it's D-E-P-P is his last name. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, Seth's live tweeting um, was, is what went wrong. Um, but, but, but seriously, 
Yeah, he just the quit. mental mistakes he just quit. at at home um, in all three phases. I mean, that's that's Tom Allen teams don't give up special teams points. Tom Allen's teams don't, you know, make bad penalties. Tom Allen's teams don't, you know, they do the little things. That's that's what he kind of built his teams upon. He, he wasn't he wasn't likely going to have the most talented roster in and out of every game, but he was going to make it up in the variables. And this game, we, I mean, almost lost on the variables. Yeah. Uh, so the, the mental mistakes is kind of what stood out to me, because I think if you eliminate a lot of those mental mistakes, we outgained them on offense. Um, we, we had less penalties. Uh, it, it, again, it was just kind of a lot of like, a few major things, a few major mental mistakes was a three scored swing. Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, for you can't, you can't give the ball away the way that we did. Um, you said one thing in, in all three phases that we had mental mistakes. I don't think, and it's going to be tough and we'll talk. That'll actually transition. Well, offensively like dropping the ball. Well, no, that's decisions. fine. Offensively. Defensive absolutely. blown coverages. Well, defensive. I don't think we had that much of a blown coverage. What did they do down the field? This dude averaged. He made 20 completions for 210 yards. 20 completions, 210 yards. What was his long? No idea. But he's 5.8. 5.8. On That's beautiful. For I mean that this dude's supposed to be a Heisman can, candidate, five point eight yards per completion, and he's he's twenty at thirty six. I mean I thought that here's here's where my transition comes in. I I thought the defense played great. Now the score is not going to reflect that at thirty eight points. You gave up seven on a kick return. Dude, we gave up like seven out of eight scoring drives in the game. That's from, not good. From when? From. The bogus targeting call. That's but what it still on. happened, Michael. He... I get it. I get it. But listen to listen to what I'm saying. This is crazy. So we lost Micah with four minutes to go in the first half. At that point in the game, and I said this. I said this to Seth. Cincinnati had one first down. One. They got their second on that penalty, and then from there on out, we gave up 300 yards. From that point, and Tom Allen said in his press conference today. The same thing, Seth, Seth, everybody around us were like, what are they reviewing? The guy next to me thought they were reviewing whether or not it was a fumble. Nobody had any idea what was going on. There was no flag on the play. Totally accidental. This is not, I'm not blaming this on the game. This is not the game. But it's, if you look at the stats, it, it's damn near the game. It doesn't make any sense. But when you take the most explosive defensive player off the team, it's going to make a big difference. And it doesn't make any sense that he gets ejected for somebody. He's, if you, I've watched it 30 times. The dude is being blocked from behind, pushed into Ritter as Ritter's being hit from behind by Handy and his head's going down. I mean, what is he supposed to do? It just doesn't make any sense. And that's the same thing Tom Allen was talking about. There was a funny tweet. Um, what is his name? Tony something Antigua. Is that who it is? Yeah. Um, put out where he screenshot Tom Allen's recent likes after the game. And like the top four were just like talking about the targeting rule. He talked today about how he thinks it'll be changed and about how they need to go to a flagrant one, two style. 
like they do in yeah, basketball. It makes sense. It's a great. That's if you're going to call that at that point, you didn't call it on the field. If you're going to go back and review it and you see that, and it was totally accidental. That's if you do call anything, call it a flagrant one, 15 yards. You don't eject the player for that. No. Now, if you watched and I'm everybody knows I'm a little bit partial. Like I try not to be crazy fan, but like that hit against David Bell, that was targeting. That is a targeting call. That no call on that. Correct, Seth? They even reviewed it. No, didn't even review it. And it is he's he's hurt, right? Do you want to talk about it or no? Yeah, he's in concussion protocol. Um, I had two notes. Desmond Ritter's longest pass was 28 yards. And at the point of the Micah McFadden play, I believe IU had an 87.3% win probability. Yeah, that was a third and 10. That was a third and 10. We were getting the ball back no matter what. And totally flipped everything. They went down and scored. Um, So that was a tough one. I, I'm not going to, I don't want to argue with you and say that the defense was good. I said that, I mean, we gave, we still gave up 38, 31 points. So, um, I mean, one of those possessions was six yards away from the end zone. So you can take, I guess, 24, the 24, 24 at that point, you kick the two, kick the two field goals, which I, we, I guess I can go ahead and transition into that. If you want red zone offense, into the first quarter, start second quarter, stuffed on the Cincinnati 10-yard line on fourth and one. Score 7-0 again, seven minutes to go in the second quarter, third and five, interception in the end zone from the Cincinnati 8-yard line. At that point, if nothing happens and all we do is kick a field goal from the 10 and the 8, it's 13-0. 13-0 and zero. The very next play or the very next possession for Cincinnati after the interception, Ryder Anderson strip fumble. We get the ball back. So it's, it's tough, man. The red zone off the red zone stuff. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I get going for it. I sat there and watched the Colts do it yesterday. They lost the game because of that. Not saying IU wins the game if we kick two field goals, but if we score two touchdowns, it's it. That's done, dude. You're done. At that point, it's 21, nothing. That team is done. So I don't know what else you got. Uh, so I, I noticed it only briefly, but holy cow, did the game day experience in the stadium get ripped? Um, I was so focused on, you know, getting in and out of the game that I didn't really notice it. I'm not really a big concession guy unless I'm getting beers. And as everyone found out, I was driving. So, um, my beer intake was at a minimum. Um, but I heard they ran out of water, like an entire quarter worth to get like a drink or food, like, and everyone, their mother were talking about how this was a sellout game. Like this didn't surprise anybody. And it sounded like an epic fail. Um, So we know we're going to sell out other games. I hope they make these corrections because I think I use game day experience as a very small margin of error. Like, if they keep messing this up, they don't exactly have the equity to keep people faithful. Yeah. So um, they better get it together. Like, I'll I'll piss in a trough, but I'm not going to wait 35 minutes for a beer or a pretzel. That, that was the problem. So Seth was, you weren't in the stadium yet because you waited. You came in second half. Seth was there. I left before the Cincinnati field goal to make it 14-10 right before halftime. I went to go get a beer so that I missed that whole possession. 
I didn't get back until about two minutes before the end of halftime. So I was gone for 20, 25 minutes just to get a beer. Now, I get it. I There's a lot. Everybody has staffing issues right now. There's I know most of the people that are there. So, well, not most, but some of them are volunteers, if not all of them. Um, I don't know if they were fully staffed. I don't know if ever all the registers were open. I didn't get any concession stands. The only thing I did was get beer. That seemed to be okay. But if you only have one beer stand every whatever, however many sections. I know that I, I saw the line and I said, nah, I'm going to keep walking, see if I can find something else. Couldn't find anything else. Turned back around, stood in the line. So I agree with you. Uh, I've got one more, and it's the turnovers, which we kind of talked about. Um, Penix's decision-making is is off, man. He's just he's afraid to get hit. He's afraid. I, I'm not going to blame him for it. He's a young kid coming off of three knee surgeries. If you're going to play D1, everybody's going to say you need to step up. You need to get it figured out. But there's a lot of people that, that never come back from that stuff. So hopefully he's not one. Hopefully we can we can turn a corner. I thought he made some really good plays. I thought he looked comfortable trying to run a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I thought he made some really good throws, which you may have on what went wrong here in just a minute. But um, And then with Timmy, just a tough break, man. He got low. Yeah, the guy got lower the ball, the helmet to the ball, and it popped out. So, I, don't I mean, know. honestly, what went wrong was our first down play calling. Um, I forget what Twitter handle did it. I wish they could call. Um, but we averaged two point one yards on yeah. first down rushes, mm-hmm. and we ran the ball in seventy three percent of first downs. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm a little bit harsher on Baldwin because while it was a good hit. Your job as a running back is yeah. ball security. Where was Stephen Carr though? Uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, so again, um, but I'm also just gonna blame Nick Sheridan on, uh, you know, keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting the same result or expecting different results is the definition of insanity. Um, so, <laughs> just comical at this point. Like I don't even know. Like I, I was so mad at Nick Sheridan last season and on the off season. And now um, I'm not hopeful. Yeah. It's, it's, it's went from anger to depressed. Yeah. I don't, I mean, again, I don't know. I don't know if it's him. I don't know if it's offensive line coach. I don't know what, where the problem is, but something's got to be figured out. Quick running between the tackles. If you're going to run. Yeah, whenever they ran out, so, I mean, look at look at uh, DEP. I mean, one carry for thirty-seven yards. It was like the only hole they saw all day. He hit that hole, and he's gone. So, um, yeah, I agree. I, I, it's hard for me when you see things like the drops to blame play calling because you have open receivers on those plays and the passes there, but the receivers not making the play. So, I where I can agree with you, I can also, I'd, I'd have to go back and totally rewatch the game and I'm not going to do it. So um, anything else on what went wrong for you? We can keep going for a while. Uh, I think we've covered a lot of things. Let's go um, a little bit positive now, I guess let's do stock up um, on offense. Who do you got? Man, I might be my favorite player on offense. DJ Matthews is just electric. Every time he touches the ball, anything can happen like 
I think Seth and I were thinking he was going to be a little bit more of a gadget guy, maybe kind of only really important in the return game. You know, just with the amount of receivers IU had, it was kind of tough to see where he was going to carve out a role. No, man, he, he is our best offensive weapon. Um, and that's a team with Peyton Hendershot and Ty Freifogel on it. You know, while Hendershot did look good, Freifogel has been kind of mostly disappointing this year, yeah. um, especially with the drops. Uh, but not DJ Matthews, uh, outside of that play at, uh, a play at Iowa where he slipped. Um, he's just electric. He's so fun to watch. He's super fun to watch. He was my number one, my number two, you just said, uh, Peyton Hendershot. It's amazing what happens when you get him the ball, isn't it? Um, it didn't have a ton, six, six catches, 60 yards and a touchdown, but he had two. I mean, that, that touchdown catch, I, I, I don't know if you've rewatched it. I've watched it five times. That dude just goes nuts and just running people over, breaking tackles at the goal line. He looks great. I mean, he looks really good. Tom Allen talked about him today, talked about his body, how it's totally different from last year and about how the weight staff has been super high on him all all year and about how it's one of the biggest transitions they've ever seen. Um, he's not playing around, man. He's trying to make it to the NFL, so get him the damn ball. That's all I'm going to say. I The dude's not dropping passes, knock on wood. He made great catches at Iowa. Didn't see much from him at Idaho. Didn't really need him. Looked great today. I bet you he was six for six if if there were no overthrows or underthrows to him as far as targets go. I don't have targets in front of me, but um, he looked really really sharp on uh, on Saturday. So um, on defense, who you got stock going up? I don't know how it could go higher, but hey, that's the way the stock market works. It can keep going through a roof. Yeah. Ryder Anderson just yeah. continues to put game after game after game up. Uh, he he has been he has been amazing. Um, and no, watching him live, it was just so noticeable when he wasn't in the game. Um, yeah. It was just different, and and yeah. that that's what was to me like when he was on the sidelines compared to on the game. Our defense was different yeah he's he's explosive and as far as his old miss kind of like scouting report from when he was coming in nobody talked about him as far as a pass rusher goes i mean you could have gone if you go back and watch the iowa tape i think he was pulled on every third down for handy and what yep. we saw this week is some cool stuff where they just moved handy anywhere they just put him on there on a passing down he's in if he has to go interior, he goes interior. If he goes outside, he goes outside. But uh, Ryder Anderson looked great. Um, another guy that looks really good, surprisingly, honestly, I, I thought he was decent at corner in, in his career, but not great. But Raheem Wang looks awesome at, at safety. Led the team in tackles, had an interception, one TFL. Dude's just flying all over the field. I don't know if it's because he's wearing zero and I just notice him more like that way, but he looks good back there. We talked yep. about that safety position being kind of a weakness, but it's it's maybe outside of the linebacker position, maybe the biggest strength on the defense. And he looks great. Even Josh Sanguinetti looks good. So it's it, I mean, it's hard to pick on this. It's hard to pick on really anybody on the defense. I mean, if you're gonna pick on anybody, you could you could you could try to pick on maybe the interior defensive line, but they weren't bad. The running back for Cincinnati had what 66 yards 3.3 a carry so nothing great um 
I don't know if they were really supplying a whole lot of pressure, but that doesn't matter. We got pressure off the edge. We got pressure from the linebackers if we needed to. I thought the defense, as I said earlier, I thought the defense was fine. Um, good enough to win the game, that's for sure. And, you know, the other stuff, just shooting ourselves in the foot on on offense and special teams is what really what really killed us and is super disappointing. So um, anything else to add on stock up before we go down? Seth's got something. Uh, I had stock up. Uh, who's the most popular guy on most campuses? The backup quarterback. Yeah, right. Total. Um, and then I also had Josh Sanguinetti. Really liked what he did on that play in the end zone. He was about a step too late to pick it off, but he was, I mean, he broke on it really yeah, well. He would have been, he would have been great. And yeah, you, you're right. He, you corrected me in the, in the stats. That was Marcelino with the pick. You're right. I feel like Raheem either tipped it or was like around the ball at that point. But um, yeah, he looked great. So um, let's Indiana, talk about not dead. No, that's what I told him. He was coming back. I was screamed at, no, don't you do that with your, you said if they don't have any interceptions, he came back from, from a concession stand and got berated by me as soon as he got back, made sure he, he filled his grave on his way back to the seats. So uh, stock down on offense, who you got? I mean, it should be pretty easy. So I went, I went surprising because um, mostly this is the player that I had to watch. Uh, Ty Freifogel. Man, um, when has he made a play this they year? Talked, CTA talked about it today. They sat him down. After, either, it was either after the game or yesterday and just, just sat him down and talked to him. I mean, it's he talked about how he's being double covered and about how all this other stuff. But if, if he's going to be what he wants I to be, he's got to I had him at three out. drops. Um, one of them one in the massive. first. One in the first half, two in the second half, one for a massive third down. Yeah. Um, three drops, you just can't have it. You just don't. You don't see I mean, that I don't know him. how He's many targets he that. had because they don't keep track of that. Um, but, I mean, I'm not. I'm going to guess he probably had half a dozen targets. You can't drop half, yeah. half a dozen one, of your targets. One man. catch for 13 yards on the day. Yeah. Can't drop more than half your targets. When you um, think, and CTA said this today, too, when you think Ty Freifogel, what do you think? You think somebody that's going to go up and get the football, somebody yep. who's got sure hands, it's going to make the catch. And it's just not been him, not this year. So, uh, yeah, that was the one I had. The only other one I had was Penix, and I didn't even write anything down. I just wrote bro, dot, dot. That's it. I mean, I I don't know if his I, – I would say his stock could get lower. It can't get much – You and well, you said the stock market. The stock market does have a floor to it at some point. <laughs> And he may be on the floor right now. He needs to get it figured out, man. And I, again, he's young. He's coming off some some major injuries that I've never experienced. Um. So I I don't know where his head's at. I mean, I've broken my foot, but I, again, I'm not in a con. That's not a, at a contact sport, um, where you're getting hit on the knees or getting hit anywhere else ever. So, um. It's, it's tough. I'm hoping he can turn it around this weekend against what I'm assuming is probably a bad defense because we're going to need as many points as we can get because their offense is really good. Um, but we'll talk about that more in a couple days. I'm going to get killed for my stock down. Oh, my God. Go ahead. Stock down on defense. Mostly because you just set a floor. Yeah. I'm have done a wonderful job of increasing the, the talent on this defense. Yeah. Wonderful job. Whether that's recruiting or transfers or 
He's created real depth. What the heck is Thomas Allen doing out there on the field? Oh, man. It's tough, man. Uh, he, he just, he looks geriatric. Slow. Yeah. It's, he, he, he literally, injury, he can't fill a gap. Yeah. He can't guard a receiver. He can't set an edge. Like, what can't, like, why is he out there? I get that they probably needed someone with a, with a, I don't know if they call it green dot, but like, I don't know if they needed like a Mike linebacker to make the plays or call the audibles or, or what his real reason was for being out there. I didn't see it on the field. Um, not when you guys got guys like Cam Williams and James Miller, and um, I'm probably, you know, shoot, even, you know, a, a freshman Ty Weiss, they have to be able to contribute out there. And to a point, man, um, I'll be disappointed if I'll see Tom Allen out on that field again, considering the talent infusion uh, that this defense has uh, because they went after him. Like yeah. at, if, if they ran towards his side, they ran routes at him. I mean, they literally said that guy right there and it worked over and over and over so again a little bit of a cheap shot because he didn't have much stock but i mean literally he's blockbuster video so i just done so i just uh i just did a little bit of research because tom allen they asked tom allen today about why james miller didn't and this is kind of concerning a little bit why james miller didn't make get in before thomas allen because that's your that's your natural backup. James Miller comes in, you lose a little bit, but you still have got an athletic middle linebacker in there. Somebody that's played a lot of snaps recently, somebody that's can get sideline to sideline, no problem. Tom Allen made it seem like it was an injury issue. Like and we knew he was we knew he was out. He's been out since before Iowa, or maybe he played a little bit at Iowa, got hurt. But he's been out for a while. I guess um Charlton Warren said it's not an injury issue for James Miller on why he didn't come in behind Micah. So it's a little but bit. It had to be, this is who I'm but, comfortable out. I'm, I'm sending it, send out my son. Yeah. I don't know. Where's don't Aaron know. Casey. Where's he, Cam. Williams? Yeah, he finally came in at one point and, and I feel like we made some, some difference with just him in. So but Casey came in for Cam Jones, not for was it Thomas for Cam Allen. Jones? Mm-hmm. That was it his just, rotation. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, I've got Reese Taylor. Not a good game for him. Coming off of borderline unplayable. From what I thought was a pretty good game against Idaho. And actually he played a great game against Iowa. Um, outside of that one play that he just couldn't keep contain. Again, that doesn't kill the game. That doesn't kill the game for you. We know why why we lost Iowa. That's different. But um he looked real real slow in coverage a little sloppy in coverage and played a ton of snaps and made zero impact he had um one tackle for the game that's it no passes defended nothing for a loss no sacks no hurries nothing so um everybody that listens to the pod knows i love reese taylor so it's a little disappointing for me to put him in here but um it's uh, a major major stock down for me i thought i thought he could be pretty impactful on this game and, and nothing came of it. Um, and then my bonus is doing these effing podcasts after these kind of losses. This sucks, man. Like, ah, uh. when you said you couldn't do it yesterday, I literally go, thank God. 
<laughs> I just because the Steelers had lost yesterday. two. They're fourth out of the fifth time they've played the Steelers. They haven't beat. They've beat the Raiders once in the past decade. Um, that's crazy. At least they lost to a good quarterback. They didn't lose to Bruce Gradkowski or Terrell Pryor. That's true. But anyway, this isn't a a Steelers podcast. No, it's not a Steelers podcast. It's an IU podcast, and it's brought to you by Monon Track Club. Monon Track Club, Indiana's running brand. The best thing that happened this weekend was that segue. (laughs) On a deep love for the sport in the Hoosier State. He's going to hate me for reading it like this. They craft products, tell stories, and create experiences that aim to celebrate, support, and add to Indiana's running culture. Check out the link in the show notes for more details on the club runs and to shop their sick gear from shirts to hoodies to koozies. As a thank you to our listeners, they are offering 10% off your order. Use promo code LEO10 at checkout and hit MTC owner and IU alum Garrett where it really hurts his wallet. Now, back to the show. Um, We don't have to do this, but we do. Uh, let's revisit Quickly. our predictions. Um, I'm not even going to let anybody else talk. Seth had us down as an L 13 to 17. He's wrong again. Um, Brandon with an L uh, 27 to 23. He is the winner on this one. And I had us like an idiot winning the game 34 to 24. Close second. It was a close second. I got, I got the 24 right for us. Well, kind of. For the losing team, I got that right. So technically, that's way closer than anything Seth did. Um, all right. So now on to I said this is everybody's favorite part of the podcast, and it's been confirmed this weekend. Brando's randos. Let's go. All right. All right, Mike. Put on your uh put on your visor. You're the head, you're you're currently the head coach. What is the first change you would make? Offensive line coach. I think he's I, I think he's a, a decent recruiter. Like he's a pretty good recruiter, but was it Hagen? Was Hagen here when we were killing it? Was he defensive line? He's defensive line. We lost our really good offensive guy to Michigan and that then Michigan right. fired him. So I have no idea where he is now. I hope he'd come back, please. But he, he I, that's what everyone was saying. I think he got fired like a year or two ago. Because um, what he did, I mean, Jason Spriggs, Dan Feeney. That was all him. Um, Wes Martin. You, mean, you don't you don't get plucked to Michigan um, because you're bad. I those mean, dudes were not. Those dudes are not as highly ranked as, of these recruits that we're getting now. Matt nope. Bedford, um, the dudes coming in, Demond Moore, stuff like that. Josh Sales. Josh Sales is there and can't get on the field. I mean, we got to get somebody in there that's going to develop these kids and. I mean, look at look at look at our line. Starting left tackles at uh, grad transfer. I'm pretty sure. Starting center grad transfer. Um, Cam Jones or Cam. Uh, is it Cam Jones? Is that, no, not Cam Jones. Caleb, Caleb Jones. Caleb Jones. On at, at right tackle has been moved everywhere his entire career, and he's what is he a senior now? I mean, he's on his way out. Bedford's a junior. And he can't he can't hold a spot on either one. I thought he looked great as a freshman on the left tackle. And Kada got hurt. And Kada I don't know, got was there hurt. an update on him? I haven't seen anything. I uh I'm if Alan talked about it, I didn't see anything. Um so yeah, man, I'd go offensive line. What are you doing? 
Uh, what I'm, I'm, I'm telling Nick Sheridan, scrap your offensive game plan. Like what? Literally, I know you have notes from last from Kalen DeBauer. Like bust those out. Like let's go with what we know works. Um, let's just we have to change a game plan. You have to. Okay. Seth, do you got one thing you're changing immediately? You're the coach. You don't want to hear it yet. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh, we'll move into the next one because I actually have way too many Brandos Randos. Um, no such thing. Do we stand a chance against Michigan, Penn State, or Iowa State? Uh, I think we do. Look at okay. what we just there, did. There we, all, we don't have to, you can go into it if you need to, but to I me, can. I've come I've already marked those down. Like That's my funny. goal was I wanted two out of the three, but I would take one out of the three. Now I don't have as a hope for any of them. No, man, we're 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 real close. We were real close this game. You read anything you want to read on this game outside of anything on ESPN because they don't actually watch any of the games. But you read any of the anybody that's writing anything on this game. We lost this game. We had them pinned down. They were done. It was over, dude. We were up 14 to nothing and had this game wrapped and then just decided to shoot ourselves in the foot over and over and over and over again. When was the last time? Well, Iowa, but when was the last time before the season you've seen us turn the ball over four times in a game? That's ridiculous. Our quarterback has six interceptions against the, the two, two top the teams. Two that we touchdowns. Played. Six. This yeah. is ridiculous, man. Once they figure it out, they're a really good football team. They the defense is doing everything they can do. Everything. The offense to just pull their heads out of their butts and figure it out will be fine. And honestly, the offense looked great for how long? For a, for a half? For three quarters? They were fine. They were good enough to win the football game. And then the turnovers happened. And then it was over. That's it. So yep. that's where we're at. I think we're fine. I think we can win. So that that's so how many do you think we can win out of those? Because I have it at zero. I haven't watched Michigan. I haven't watched Penn State, but I've watched Ohio State. I'm not saying we're going to beat them, but I'm saying they look pretty vulnerable right now. So, I mean, look right. at how bad they looked against – who was it against Tulsa this weekend yeah. at home? I mean, another AAC team. Uh, so, my next question then, if, if you think we have a shot with those guys, really curious what you think uh, of these next question. Michigan State, Rutgers, and Maryland are all currently 3-0. Michigan State is currently ranked 20th in the nation. Yeah. What is our record against those three? Because we need two and one, no, right? I, I think, but I think one and two is extremely possible. I would say the only one that I'm, I'm like super scared about would be like right now, at least. Let's see what Aiden happens. Thorne looks they, good, and I can't believe I'm muttering when they get into to real Big Ten football or against. Don't they play Notre Dame soon? No. I don't know, but let's see what happens when they play. Like again, Miami's whatever, dude. They're always this. They've been overrated for since two thousand. When was the last time they won something? Two thousand three, two thousand four. Like they, they're nothing. They're they had forty thousand people at a home game against Michigan State, and and got trounced. They're not that good. I'm not saying Michigan State's not that good. I want to see them against some different competition. Northwestern's trash. Whoever they played week two. You know who they play before us? They play Nebraska. 
Nebraska, Nebraska. Yep. Western Kentucky, and Rutgers. So, so they're they not exactly going to get They could come tested. in 6-0, oh, yeah. Um, but I would like I, to think we I win love that it. game. That's the homecoming. That's my birthday. So I got I to gotta have us at a, a dub there. Rutgers, I got to have us as a dub. We, we should be able to beat that team now. Again, they're good. They're going to get better as the season goes on. We talked about this in the prediction. And the other one you said was who? Maryland. Maryland. Not worry about Maryland, man. They took they they went to the very end against Illinois at home, I think, right? So I'm not worried about them. Maryland currently has a 60-40 win share probability. Yeah, over they're gonna IU. do they're gonna do that. We'll see what it is after this weekend if we win, and then if if we do anything else after that, we'll see what that's. I don't pay attention to that. Last one, and this truly is a rando. Friends of mine said they kept doing an on-field temperature, uh, yeah. like on the ESPN, and it was well over a hundred. So my question to you, because we all love football, we wouldn't be doing a podcast if we didn't love football. It was kind of miserable, gentlemen. Like, and, 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 I mean, regardless of the game, like I could have probably looked over it if it wasn't, uh, you know, the game wasn't what it was. But so, would you rather a game in the nineties or a game in the thirties? Because I'm with good with 40s. Game, I'm good with 80s. Like I'm good between yeah. 40 and 80. I don't. I don't know what I'd pick between 90s and 30s. With that, with that game, I didn't feel hot. I didn't feel hot outside of like, dude, you're incredible. No, I mean I was clearly hot. I think Seth took a took a picture of my arm, and I was like arm sweating. It was super hot, but like, I think your mind is so focused on not the heat or the cold. I guess if it was 30, if you get a game like that. Every, like at either one of those temperatures, I'll take either one. But I'd, I'd always go 30, I think, because you can always layer up. You can't really get yeah. naked. You can always put on more clothes. There's there's nothing you can do. I mean, you can only get take so many clothes off. Yeah. I mean, we, we, were in a, <laughs> we were in a rainstorm against Virginia. We're, that game was awesome, though, because it was yeah. warm out. It was like early September. Yeah. So it was like still like 70 degrees and downpouring. I loved that game. Full downpour. Like, Wife eight months pregnant, I think. Yeah, stayed out, stayed the whole game. Stevie Scott, big game, two hundred yards, I think, on the ground. So, you, right. would you take nineties or the thirties? I, I didn't. I, I didn't. I don't. I, either one. It doesn't. If you give me a game like, if it's a, it's okay. Switch the game. Let's say it's Idaho. Nineties or thirties? Thirties. Thirties. Yeah. I think I'm still taking 90s, but both are miserable. Like both, both are real bad, and that's it. That's it for me. That's all I got. All right, let's get into Seth Sack. What do you got, bud? All right, I'm going to reach deep down today. <clears throat> all right, you asked me at the beginning of the season, or if you asked me at the beginning of the season, who the three most important players are. I know we can probably throw uh, McFadden and Hendershot in this group, but I would have said Penix, Mullen, and Ty Freifogel. Uh, super disappointing. Michael Penix, I thought this para- this arm injury was going to be a parachute. It would be the perfect excuse to move on to Tuttle time. Apparently from Tom Allen, it's not. Um, the problem is, if it's not now, when is it? It's certainly not going to be night game in Happy Valley. It's not going to be against a potentially 5-0 and Michigan State team, which will probably be top 15 at that time. It's not going to be at home against a what probably five and one Ohio state team. So the next time you can possibly get Tuttle time barring injury, what would be Maryland and Maryland could even be what 
five and two at that time. Dude, it, so might, it, ha- here, it might happen this weekend. Here, here's my thing on the quarterback situation because we didn't get it. Our seal, like, we're not beating the three teams I just mentioned with, with Jack Tuttle. We're just not. Could, could we beat Michigan State? This. Could we Love beat Jack Rutgers? Tuttle. Could we Love beat Jack Maryland? Tuttle. Yes. But for us to reach our ceiling, it has to be Michael Penix. If you have two quarterbacks, you have none. I don't like the in-season switch. Honestly, if Michael Penix completely destroys our season, then that's where you go in the offseason and you go, listen, we're going, you know, Tuttle's going to be a senior. Thank you for your contributions. Um, but you're going to go into a backup and roll next season. I think you absolutely have to keep rolling with Penix if you want to reach your ceiling. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. So the Taiwan Mullen thing has been really disappointing. Um, he's been getting subbed in a lot. He's been off the field a lot. I know you, uh, I think Bragg said he's not a big fan of what Reese Taylor did last week. Um, and so I was kind of ups- I, I originally had on here the CB rotation that the defense is using. But then again, the last two plays that I think of Taiwan Mullen is Hayden Hatton and Alex Pierce or Alec Pierce. Sorry. Yeah. Um, six, two, six, three, 200 pound white yeah. receivers, just kind of bullying them a little bit. So um, there's a lot of those in the, in the big 10. Uh, so that's a dangerous. Uh, and then we've already talked about TFF. We don't need to get into that again, but that's just super disappointing with those three. Um, I talked a little about Peyton Hendershot seemed like they went away from him largely in the second half. He was open time and time again. Just for whatever reason, they stopped going to him. Uh, special teams kickoff coverage was god awful. Uh, I've never seen somebody what, twenty yards clear by the fifty. So they so he talked about this today. He said that so the two two guys from the left side of the field moved out of their lane, um, and then the biggest problem was the right side safety. So this is something I learned today of the years of football I've played and watched is he has two safeties on his kickoff coverage, a left-sided safety and a right-sided safety. So just in case something like that happens and the guy were to pop out of, so the kick was to the left side of the field. If he were to pop out of that side and be alone on the right side of the field, that dude should have been right there. No problem done. He said that that guy got a little antsy took off and went went to go make the play instead of staying back. He did also say, first time I've ever ever heard him say this, is that there will be personnel changes on special teams this week. So, And they were running with number twos. There were a lot of number twos on the kickoff coverage and on that particular kickoff. For what reason? We just drove down the field. I have no idea. Said so a lot of the number one defensive guys were not in on that kickoff. Okay, so I went pretty negative on those. I do want to add with finish with one positive here. Um, I use two losses are both against teams that are currently in the top eight at Iowa, who's fifth, and at home against Cincinnati, who's eighth. I mean, all things considered, one and two against two top eight teams isn't a bad position to be in. There's a lot of teams who would be one and two against this uh, against the schedule so far. Yeah. So let me go back for just a second on the Mullen thing outside of one pass on Saturday. I thought he was great. I thought he was fine. Um, I thought he was great in Iowa. And I talked about this last week, went on to stock down. He got beat up last week. 
But again, was that scheme or was that anything else? I don't know. Four four tackles this weekend, no passes deflected, none of that stuff. But um, I thought he was fine. Uh, and then as far as like, I don't don't ask me that question, man. I'm Mister Positive all the time. I think we're fine. We're our quarterback has been awful, man. It, like against those two teams, he's thrown six interceptions. He hasn't thrown six interceptions in a season, has he? Like this dude has been like like the worst ever. And again, it's like is he going to figure it out? I don't know. And I'm being dead serious when I said, um, what did he throw? He threw four picks last year. He threw four picks in 2019. So how many more turnovers before you say, if he throws two against, the plug, Western, if he throws two against Western Kentucky in a close game, he's out. He's done. So, and if he's no, out, he's, he's probably out. done. So, um, I don't, Again, I'm a full-on supporter with him. He's got his ceiling is is crazy. We saw it last year. The dude is was under pressure all of last year in those games that he played. What did he What did he go last year? One, not a great completion percentage, but still 56. That's not terrible. 1600 yards, 14 touchdowns, four picks in like five and a quarter games. And now he's we're three games in. He's at forty eight percent completion percentage, four hundred yards, four touchdowns, six interceptions. It's ter- he's forty points off his average rating. He's just I. He's got to get it figured out. They keep talking about giving him live reps and live reps and live reps. Has the schedule been good for us? No. Starting on the road against uh, a top preseason top twenty team, which it looks like probably. The well, are they? Would you consider them the favorites to win the Big Ten or second at least to win the Big Ten right now? Certainly um, the West. So, I mean, they look good. I don't know. Did they play this weekend? I think they. Yeah, made, they. Yeah, they, right beat, here, up they Kent, beat up on Kent. Kent State at home. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking up the odds right now for them. So again, if they gave up seven points. I'm not saying Kent State's any good, but seven points in the first quarter, and then they. That's it. They never saw any anything near the touch, anything near and the end zone. Iowa's so. currently second in odds to win the Big Ten. They, I mean, so you've got that, and then you've got I honest dude. We won this game Saturday. The game was ours to win, and we shot ourselves in the foot multiple times. I watched that Penix pick at the end of the game three or four times, and it's like, again, you talked about Hendershot. He, if he would have just thrown the ball to Hendershot, he was wide open. He's not going to get a first down there, but it's only third down. You throw it to Hendershot, he's, you've got fourth and four, fourth and five. You live to play another game. And even then, if you don't have anything, you either run or you get rid of it. At least you've got another shot on fourth and 16. Yeah. So it's just he's got to get his decision-making figured out. Again, CTA talked about. They talked to him as well. Um, so hopefully this is, this is, this is done and figured out this week. So we'll see. It's going to be tough this week. We'll talk about it on the preview pod for sure. Um, that's it for your sack. Yes, sir. All right. Well, final statements, Brandon, do you want to say anything? Aaron Rodgers is playing tonight, man. It made me think of something. Michael Penix. (laughs) R E L A X. Relax. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Did not think you were going to say anything like this. 
No, I mean, honestly, all the computers, all Vegas, they said we were going to start one and two, right? Like, I think the 10 and two, nine and three expectations that you and I had, they were in retrospect, a little, a little unrealistic. This team can still be seven and five, eight and four and go to a good bowl. Like that is all entirely still on the board. We need to relax. Like even if we go six and six and go to a shitty bowl, you know how good that is for Indiana football to go to the bowl three straight years. So like, yes, six and six would be disappointing, but every metric I read had us at seven and five or eight and four. So like, and that's still on the board. Nothing that's happened this far should be surprising. Now the way it's happened has been disappointing. It's been frustrating, but it shouldn't be surprising. So taking a page out of Aaron Rodgers and just relaxing a game, a slump buster like Western Kentucky is exactly what we need to write the ship. So that's what I got. All right. So um, I'll just read this, whatever, as much as it hurts and it hurts, you've got to stay positive, support these guys. And if there's a coach in America that can believe in and that can make others believe in a turnaround, it's coach Allen. He said today, quote, we're going to bow up. We're going to fight. So head up next week's going to be tough on the road. I'm not going to say that we're not going to win pretty easy, but it's still a tough game night game, big time offense. Number one offense in the country actually Um, should be a W and every W counts at this point. So let's get through this stretch two and two and reevaluate from there. Uh, Seth, anything else to add? IU minus nine hammer the over. And I'm I haven't seen the over under yet, but I'm gonna guess under. Be it's gonna be in the they're gonna over inflate. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, again, thank you for those uh those guys that came over during the tailgate to say hi. It really means a lot to know that people listen to us, and I hope that uh whenever we do these, it makes your day maybe a little bit better outside of this one, probably maybe the Iowa game. Um, either way, be sure to check out the podcast on facebook.com backslash podcast LEO and on Twitter at podcast. Can I say something cheesy? Yeah, go ahead. If you can't love us during our losses at Cincinnati, you can't love us when we beat Michigan at the big house. That's true. That's true. Um, That's all I got. Yeah. So again, follow us on those two social platforms. Um, I've talked to a few people in line while I was waiting for like 90 minutes for a beer. Um, We may be expanding to different platforms as well, but we'll keep you guys updated on that. Um, Until then, we'll talk to you guys in a couple days and we preview the game against the Hilltoppers. Uh, Elio? Elio. Elio. You said it. Elio. Awesome day. Elio. Thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate that. Elio. All right. Great. Elio. Appreciate you guys. Elio. You're welcome, Dave. Have a great day. Elio. Have a great day. Elio. Appreciate you being here with us. Have an awesome day, and Elio. Oh, thank you so much, Elio. Well, thanks so much, Elio. Hey, thanks so much, Mike. Appreciate that, Elio. Appreciate you guys, man. Have an awesome day, Elio. Awesome, Elio. Elio. Elio.